Hello, everyone, and welcome to Strengthen Our Voice. My name is Kyla, and I am one of the co-presidents of Strengthen, and I am so excited to have with me here today Rose. She's a workshop facilitator with our club, so I will pass it over to her. Hi, everyone. My name is Rose. Um, I'm a second year UFT student, and I'm studying psychology and neuroscience, and I'm so excited to be here as a guest today. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Rose. It's really good to have you. So today we are hoping to talk about some of uh, the mental health challenges associated with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. We have just hit the one-year mark when, at this time of recording when the WHO declared a pandemic, and it has been definitely a crazy year. So uh, we wanted to talk today about some of the mental health challenges about covid and how we can overcome those. So Rose, what do you think some of the biggest mental health challenges are regarding the ongoing pandemic? I mean, there are a lot. Uh, Social isolation is a huge one. The fact that, you know, we've been in lockdown for many months and we had to remain in isolation. Um, We are social creatures, right? So the lack of socialization is certainly a factor in the deterioration of mental health. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety about the future for students, uh, but also people of all ages about what the future is going to look like and when we will get out of the situation. Uh, some stats from CAMH, uh, about 41% of Canadians reported feeling worsening anxiousness um, from the start of the pandemic. Uh, so that's a big issue. There's also the overuse of drugs and alcohol. The rate of drug and substance abuse has gone up, which is quite worrying uh, because, as we know, it's not the best and healthiest coping strategy. And again, just some stats for you all. Uh, 25% of Canadians aged 35 to 54 reported increased alcohol consumption and 21% increase for those in the 18 to 34 age category. So a lot of young people are also increasing their drug and alcohol consumption. Uh, There's also job and financial instability, which has been a huge issue for those who have not been able to work or have been let go from their jobs uh, or the small businesses that have had to close. And that causes a lot of added stress um, for people and for families. So when we're looking at the pandemic, it's, it's really that the mind and body are affected by physiological, psychological, and social factors. And all of these factors have deteriorated because of the pandemic. So there are a lot of mental health challenges and just challenges in all the spheres of public health. I definitely agree with everything that you said, especially about the overuse of drugs and alcohol. I think I saw a stat saying that the amount of overdoses has gone up by 50% over the past year, and the police are responding to more overdose calls. And it's been quite, it's quite frightening to think about that, because that just goes along with the fact that people don't have anything to do. There's There's the anxiety about the future. There's the job instability. Everything that you said, I feel like that all affects the overuse of drugs and alcohol, which is really frightening. And that's part of the reason why the restrictions, although they're very good to have in place, it's really important that 
those who are in charge of making these restrictions, they really take the time to sit down and think about, okay, what is it that we can do to both maximize the physical health and protect the community from COVID-19, but also protect the mental health of those who are involved and who are affected by all of this. And that's one of the things that I think our government has kind of failed at over the past year. Yeah, I feel like with everything going on, they put a bit too much priority on protecting the community from the virus and not enough in protecting the mental health of everyone around. So, and that honestly, I think has led to a lot of the backlash that we've seen regarding the restrictions. I feel like maybe if they put a bit more time to think about it, we wouldn't have people who are anti-maskers or as many people who are anti-maskers or we wouldn't have people who are purposely trying to defy the restrictions because they feel like their rights are being impeded on. I feel like maybe if the government took a bit more time and was trying to think about ways that we can optimize everything, it would have been a whole lot better this past year. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's the idea that there is no perfect solution in this pandemic, uh, but I think the acknowledgement of mental health as part of the strategy of combating COVID-19 is definitely something that was neglected. Um, and, And yeah, I think that even people who did follow all of the guidelines and public health um, safety rules, they still felt the burden of the mental health aspect of it. Um, so, so yeah, for me, one of the biggest surprises and shocks was that mental health in relation to COVID-19 has just really not been addressed um, in the news or by public health officials. Uh, it honestly seems, uh, as you mentioned, as it, as though it has been neglected. Um, and I realize that the priority is physical health right now and case counts and death rates. But mental health is really a really important aspect that we should at least keep within the conversation. After a year of hearing the same things in press conferences with health officials, that at least mental health should also be discussed and what impact COVID-19 has had uh, and what long-term impact it can have. Uh, There was a study done in October by Wang and colleagues that showed that those with mental illness had an increased risk of getting COVID-19, being hospitalized by it, and dying from it. So there's a link between mental health and getting COVID-19, but it's not really something that's talked about by public health officials. Uh, We've heard things like, if you're immunocompromised, be careful, you're more at risk. If you're elderly, you're more at risk. Uh, But I don't know about you, Kyla, but I haven't heard the statement, if you have a mental illness, you are also more at risk. Honestly, until you told me that stat, I had no idea because, like you said, it's not talked about. And it's really important because if we're trying to identify the at-risk groups, then it's really important to bring mental health into those conversations, especially if the science is saying that if you suffer from mental illness, you are more at risk. And honestly, it makes sense because from a biological standpoint, you have people with mental illness, they have, for example, elevated cortisol, and that could really impact the immune system and make them more susceptible to the virus and make them more likely to get serious illness from it. So 
it's one of those things where it makes sense. When you first told me that, I was shocked. But thinking about it now, it's something that is so important to address and something that public health officials really should be including in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, intuitively, it makes sense, right? Because you and I both know that mental health does have physical manifestations within the body. Um, And the body is affected not even just in one system, but many systems of the body are affected. So even just having deteriorated mental health can also have physical consequences. So it makes sense why they would be more at risk. Exactly. So on that note, I was wondering if you had any ideas for some of the changes that could be made to the current public health restrictions to better account for the mental health of the community. Or now that we're approaching the time where restrictions are being lifted, what could have been done better? Yeah, I mean, I think now that we are kind of coming out of winter and moving towards warmer weather, we really need to have events or plans in place for more outdoor activity, uh, being able to meet up with a couple of people, definitely not being in lockdown anymore, uh, as well as having just more mental health resources and support. The biggest thing we can do, especially now that kind of vaccine rollout has begun and we are hopefully moving towards the end of the pandemic, is to bring mental health back into the discussion. Um, There's been a lot of talk of physical health this past year and mental health was not talked about. So acknowledging that it is an issue and will remain an issue as we deal with the aftermath of the pandemic can help a lot of people to seek help and not think that they're alone in experiencing poor mental health because of COVID, Um, that it shouldn't be left as is, that people should uh, be prioritizing their mental health as well and taking care of any issues and stresses and anxieties that have kind of arisen due to the pandemic. Exactly. Especially what you said about having more outdoor activities. I feel like instead of having the lockdowns and saying to people, stay home, that's just going to make people's mental health deteriorate. And it'll also make people more defiant of the rules. So I feel like it's really important for now that the weather's getting nicer and we're able to be outside, they should, the government should be promoting some less risk activities. I remember last summer when the government did Cafe T.O. and they put money and they lifted some rules regarding patios and where they can operate. And I remember there are patios like on the sidewalk, sometimes on the streets. And it was really cool because that way people were able to go to a restaurant, have a sense of normalcy, see some friends in a low risk setting where they were outside. And by doing things like that, you're promoting socialization, helping people take care of their mental health, and doing it in a way where there is less risk of transmitting the virus. So that is something that I really hope that the government does do this year. Even with the vaccine rollout, I feel like just to give people peace of mind, even with restaurants opening up inside again, hopefully, I still hope that they do the Cafe Tio initiative or something similar. So then that way people can just have peace of mind. And if they want to eat outside for their own sake because they're worried about the virus, then they have the option to do that. And I remember another thing that they did, like you said, about physical health and mental health, the link there, they did the active TO where they shut down Lakeshore over the weekends 
as someone who drives, at first I was not happy about that. I was <laughs> very mad. I remember I was in the car sometimes, stuck on the gardener, seeing the people on the lakeshore, like biking and walking. And at first I was thinking, oh, well, I'm stuck in traffic now. And there you are. But when you think about it, it was a great way to get people outside, to get them active, to take care of their physical health get them in the sun having some vitamin D and walking around or being active with friends and being able to socialize in that low risk setting. So looking back on it now, although it probably made me like use a bit more gas, it was a really good initiative. And it's something that I would think would be good to have again this year. So I feel like if the government does try to prioritize things like this, ways that people can get outside and stay social and active, It'll help both their physical health and the mental health, and it'll probably also make people more willing to comply with, with the restrictions in place, as opposed to just saying, stay home, don't go anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just really about adapting. We we can't have things the way they were, the way they used to be, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have or we shouldn't have anything at all. As you mentioned, using patios, finding these outdoor activities, the amount of people I saw last summer just in my community walking around, playing sports, um, just meeting up for a picnic. Uh, it was really cool to see compared to other years. So just getting outside, doing activities, meeting up with a couple people can really do wonders. Um, for the mental health and obviously the mental health also affects the physical health. Um, so especially considering the amount of time that we were in lockdown during the winter, uh, I think this is a great plan or things to have in place moving towards the spring and summer and having things outside so that there is less of a risk. Hey, so what are some other ways do you think people can take care of their mental well-being during the, these COVID times? Yeah, so um, one resource that um, I've kind of just been trying to share as much as possible since I found out about it um, is uh, this service called Mind Beacon, um, and it is an online cognitive behavioral therapy uh, service. And the great thing about it is that it is currently free for all Ontario residents. Um, so the government has decided to fund it um, for because of COVID. So it is now um, free, a free online service, um, and people can get in touch with a therapist. And I, I think you know, for for people who feel like they 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 need it, that their mental health has deteriorated, or they need to speak to someone, they need some extra professional support, or even if due to financial reasons, right, people who used to go to therapy just can't anymore. Um, I think that it's a great thing, resource to check out um, if you need extra support um, with dealing with COVID stress and anxieties. So yeah, that that's the first thing. Um, I think also just practicing self-care and introspection. Um, really reflecting on your emotions and um, what you're feeling during this pandemic. Uh, it's okay to feel it. Um, I know some people were kind of scared, I guess, to 
to complain about COVID because, you know, sometimes we, we look at the world and we realize how lucky we are. And in many situations, we are so incredibly lucky compared to other people. Um, but I think that even so, you know, we have emotions, we have worries, we have things that maybe plans that we had that didn't end up happening. Um, and it's okay to just take a minute to be upset about that and to really process what you have been feeling during the pandemic. And just stay connected, right? Take breaks, stay connected, even if it's, even if it's virtually um, with your friends and family. It's so important just because we can't necessarily see people every day. Um, it doesn't mean that it's it's not important anymore. It's still very important um, and it'll help a lot. You know, for me, um, I'm, I'm sure this is the case for you too, Kyla, but making some sort of routine, exercising um, in any capacity. I've done a lot of Zoom yoga um, yes. during the pandemic. <laughs> But um, really just making a routine, exercising, getting out of your house, whatever really makes you motivated and takes you out of the normal environment of the, you know, four corners of your room and your laptop screen um, is a great thing to do for your mental health. And really, if you if you feel you are experiencing mental health issues, whether big or small, um, it's really important to tell someone about it, to talk to someone, because I feel that um, with the COVID times, it's really easy to just misinterpret feelings of stress or anxiety as just byproducts of the pandemic or things that will pass. But it's really important to just tell someone if you feel um, that you are experiencing issues or, you know, you know yourself the best. Um, if you feel as though... Uh, you need some extra support, be clear about it. Just tell someone about it so that they know, um, so that they don't assume that your stress is just, you know, because we're all inside and it's stressful time in general. Because it, it really is rare, right? We have a situation in which so many people across the world, the whole world, are impacted by um, very similar hardships. So while it's good to kind of remind yourself about kind of this universal suffering of the pandemic, make sure not to discount your own feelings um, and anxieties, right? Um, don't say, oh, you know, my issue isn't important compared to, uh, I'll give the example of my aunt who's a frontline healthcare worker. So um, so yeah, so sometimes I, I find myself saying that, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm lucky compared to her. Um, but in any case, your feelings are valid and they can be detrimental if not addressed. So that's the problem, right? Um, even if you have a little tiny fire, um, it'll eventually burn burn down your, your bridge, your, your mental health bridge, if you don't put it out, right? So I think those, those are things that are all really, really important to keep in mind. I love what you said about not discounting your own feelings, even if you feel like other people have it worse because it's true. Like, especially I'm in a similar situation. Like I wasn't, I was very lucky throughout this pandemic. I wasn't affected in terms of my job or in terms right. of losing anyone. So I'm so fortunate for that. I look at my aunt 
she works in, she worked in the hospitality industry at a hotel. So that was one of the hardest and first hit areas of the economy. And she lost her job that she had for over 20 years. She got laid off. And then she ended up searching for another job, got a job in retail, making minimum wage, which wasn't ideal, but at least she was happy that she had something to do. And then when the second lockdown came around, she got laid off again. Oh no. So it's so I look at I look at people who have been in a situation like that and I and I really feel for them and I am so grateful that it, the pandemic did not affect me like that. But just because you weren't affected just as bad as someone else doesn't invalidate what you're feeling. Everyone has the right to feel sad. Well, humans are social beings. This loss of social connection has actually physically impacts our brains. So yes. it's just important to not like you said, Rose, not discount your own feelings and remember that, yes, we're all in this together, but everyone's going through their own unique personal experiences with what's going on. And it's really important to just appreciate the uniqueness of what everyone's going through and not discount someone's complaints. And I love, I also love what you said about um, getting routine. That's something that I've found really important and something that I think has really helped me out throughout this entire pandemic. Now that everything is from home, I set up a little office space in my basement so I can get away from the four corners of my room and right. have a change of scenery, no matter how small, even if it is just down a couple flights of stairs at my place, it's still somewhere different for me to go. Or I try to go for a walk or even for a drive so that way I can just see something else. And that's really, really helped. But I find that the routine is really important during these times to give you a sense of purpose. It's so easy to sit on a couch and just watch TV and feel and feel upset all day. It's very yeah. easy. I fell into that <laughs> habit at, at one point during, um, during quarantine and Rose, I'm sure you probably did oh, as yeah. well. You, you just kind of feel like a blob at some point. Exactly. <laughs> so it's really important to get that routine. So you have a sense of purpose. So you wake up saying, okay, I know what that I will be doing something today. I will be getting out of my room. And yes, now with everything going on, your routine may not be as intense as what it was before. Your goals may not be as high, but it's still important to set them. So that way you feel like you're doing something with your days. And that's so important for preserving your own mental health. This semester, most of my classes, they're, um, they're all, all of our classes are online, but this semester, everything, thank goodness, is live. All of our lectures are, all of our lectures are live and it's been really good. But last semester, I guess because teachers were getting used to the online teaching, most mm -hmm. of my courses were asynchronous where the lectures were pre-recorded and it was kind of do it at your own pace. Right. And even in, at that time when you could do the lectures whenever, I still try to get a schedule going and say, okay, Mondays, I will do my emotional psychology course. Tuesdays, I'll do my histology course. And that way it gave some structure to my days. And I had, I woke up with goals. I woke up with motivation to do stuff, but you also want to find ways to vary the routine so you don't get bored. So you may want to, for example, incorporate something different into your day. I try to do a workout five times a week. And I wow. found that at the beginning of the <laughs> <laughs> <Can't> really, Kyla. <laughs> Honestly, that's one thing that COVID's been good for this year. It's getting me into a workout routine since I had the time to kind of schedule it in. Mm -hmm. And it's it's been great. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing the same workout. I had a DVD that 
I had for like years that I never touched. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it every day. And it was great. But then after a couple of months of doing the same thing, and you can literally hear the instructor's voice in the head, in your head while you're doing it, you get insanely right. bored and you don't want to do it. So right. I discovered um, some some free workout videos on YouTube. There are Mm -hmm. some people that have channels with free videos. My favorite is Heather Robertson. She has a 12-week workout plan where she has different workouts that you do five days a week for 12 weeks. And it's Mm -hmm. fantastic because that way you're doing something different. You're excited. You're getting some variation Mm -hmm. while also having the structure of an organized day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. For me, it was reading, um, the, the thing that kind of got going during the pandemic, um, because I was, I've always been a reader, but oh my God, during the pandemic, I was just getting through my entire bookshelf. Um, it was kind of great, but, but yeah, just, I mean, I know we, we poke fun at it. Um, I've had a lot of team meetings where the first question is, you know, what was a hobby you picked up during the pandemic, but it's great, right? Just having something to look forward to, having something to break the, you know, the the things that are stable in your life, such as, you know, your classes or your work or, you know, things like that. So it's great to have a routine, to have new hobbies um, and exercising is also very important. Yeah, exercise, I always tell people exercise releases the endorphins, it makes you feel good. And also for students who may be listening to this, there are studies that show that exercise can actually help improve your memory, because it can actually change some areas in the brain and strengthen the areas involved in memory. So Mm -hmm. that is something that I, I always try to tell people it I should tell this to myself from like a year ago, pre-pandemic, because I, <laughs> right. I was not working out before this. But now that I am, I'm just like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you. Um, but that's another thing that I think it's important to acknowledge. The pandemic, yes, it's been horrible. And this there's going to be recovery for years to come, whether it's emotional and or economic. But I feel like it's also important to take a minute and just think about one good thing that this pandemic has brought you, whether it's a new hobby or getting a healthy habit or something like that. I feel like almost everyone that I've talked to has been able to identify something good that this pandemic has brought to them. And I think by, even though for many people, the benefits don't outweigh the cons, by trying to give the benefits a little bit more significance in your life, it'll be easier to cope and recover when this whole thing is over. So on the topic of exercise, I was actually hoping to ask you uh, some of the ways that you think mental health can benefit your physical health. I know that you are a huge scientific reader, so I'm sure that you you know a lot about this. Yeah. Um, so as we kind of alluded to, people with um, mental illness or even just, you know, deteriorated mental health um, can have increased risk of developing chronic physical conditions. Um, So there is a direct link between mental health and physical health. Um, We have things like increased risk of um, diabetes, obesity, heart disease or stroke, and respiratory conditions. Obviously, with 
with mental illness, it's it's a big toll on the immune system, um, especially if that um, mental illness is chronic. Um, it ends up weakening the immune system. So there's weaker and decreased um, lymphocyte T cell response, so your white blood cell response. And the stress response triggers the body to produce um, more of the hormone cortisol, which is the stress hormone, um, which temporarily gives you, um, I guess, a boost to, because it's the stress response, um, so a boost to get something done, that something is wrong. Um, But when the body gets used to having too much cortisol, this leads to more inflammation and depletion of the immune system. So in the short term, the stress response is fine, but when it becomes chronic, it really just takes a toll on the immune system. But there's also, you know, side effects of um, or symptoms of uh, mental illness like decreased sleep or like sleep imbalance, um, improper eating or exercise, all of these things can also weaken the immune system. So all in all, there's just a lot of immune system weakening that comes from from increased stress, uh, mental illness, um, and the symptoms of them. Um, there's also things like for some medications that um, those with mental illness takes, such as like antipsychotic medication often has um, weight gain side effects, as well as um, it impacts the pathways of glucose homeostasis. Um, So things like metabolism and insulin receptors um, can be affected. And this is why uh, there is a uh, relationship with um, with those types of mental illness and diseases such as um, obesity and diabetes. Um, so there is a direct link in many ways, either directly or through side effects of medication or just through lifestyle changes that happen um, due to a mental illness. All of these things can help, uh, can affect the physical health. One thing that I'm really taken away from what you're talking about is how important it is to focus on both mental and physical health. So many people focus on just one. They may be great at their physical health. They may be in great shape, able to run a marathon. Power to you if you can do that. I don't know how you can do that, but um, they (laughs) neglect their mental health and or vice versa. I know for me, for the longest time, I was so focused on my mental health that I didn't make the time to exercise and focus on my physical health. I was so busy trying to cope with the stresses of university and keeping my mental health at bay that I wasn't really eating right. I wasn't working out. And one thing that I'm really taking away from what you're saying, Rose, is how important it is to not neglect either. You got to focus on both. And and also by focusing on both, you'll be having synergistic effects, basically where the combined effect is greater than just the two of them put together. It's a, They multiply each other instead of adding together. And that creates just so many more benefits for your health. And that's why even with COVID going on, like by taking care of both your mental and physical health, you'll be boosting them in ways much greater than you would be if you were just focusing on one of those alone. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Taking care of your physical health helps your mental health and taking care of your mental health helps your physical health. Exactly. Um, Yeah, exactly. So it's really important. And I think also because a lot of people see um, mental health as some sort of abstract thing that you can't really see, um, I think it's important to also recognize that it does have physical manifestations. Um, It's not just maladaptive thoughts or um, kind of things related to the mind, right? Um, There are physical manifestations. um, And so, yeah, so taking care of your body can, can also help take care of your mind. Exactly. That's what I think is really important to focus on for the remainder of this pandemic, working on both of those. And it'll help you recover when the pandemic is over and we're trying to just get back to a normal life and take care of all the damage that's been done. Absolutely. Well, Rose, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Strengthen Our Voice. It was great having you here. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was um, it was a great conversation about mental health. And shameless promo because Strengthen is so awesome. Please follow us on social media. <laughs> we have great content. You, there are creative directors, our social media directors. I don't know who puts up the content, but it's great. And we have a lot of workshops. So um, if you want to know more about mental health and how you can take care of it, definitely um, follow along um, with this club because it's awesome. Rose, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. So take care, stay safe, and we will see you soon.